0: The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform in any medium you'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive and finally you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs so if you'd like to claim your free training now go to www.PaulRossBook.com. Do it before your competition does it, now. Welcome to The Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.TheInfluencer'sEdge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network now sit back tune in and enjoy today's episode hey ladies and gentlemen and all the ships at sea welcome back to the influencers edge and we have a very exciting guest today i was actually chatting with him before we went on the air because he's an interesting cat and has done some amazing things. So our guest today is Shannon Graham and Shannon, I'll just read a little bit of your biographies, but you're one of the top coaches for visionary leaders who want to change the world by the impossible. So let's pause right there. I have an idea of what I mean by visionary people in the audience probably have an idea of what they mean by visionary What do you mean when you talk about visionary? The visionary, well, there's two things. What do you mean by visionary? And what do you mean by leader?
1: Uh, Well, a visionary uh, is someone who has a vision for the world uh, that is better than it currently is. So that could apply to a number of different industries or verticals, but essentially it's somebody who doesn't see the world as it currently is. They see it different and better. And a visionary leader is someone who actually takes responsibility for bringing that vision to life.
0: All right. Well, let's unpack that just a little bit more. Do you think in order to be a visionary, you have to have a, I don't know, contrarian, because we tend to cater to an audience that likes contrarian or out-of-the-box thinking. Do you think to be a visionary, you have to think outside the box, or can you think within the box and still be a visionary
1: um i think i think by default if you're a visionary you think outside of the box simply because visionaries can see what cannot be currently seen and so inside anything inside the box is what is currently able to be thought of to be seen to be comprehended outside of the boxes, anything outside of that. So yeah, they, they have to, uh, they they by nature are contrarian.
0: Okay, I get it. And your definition of a leader is someone who gets followers. How do you define a leader? In fact, is it possible, here's a better question. Is it possible in your view to be a leader without being a visionary?
1: Uh Sure. I mean, there's people who lead, um, you know, corporations or organizations. Or um, I, I think you have to have some level of vision because you're leading people where. If you're leading people, that means by default you're taking them from one place to another. You're leading them. You're moving them from one place to another. So there must be some element of vision. You have to at least have some destination visionary. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be protopic. It doesn't have to be anything of of that caliber. It simply means they see somewhere down the path that they're leading people to. So um, there's there's a bit of an array of, of what that could end up meaning, but it certainly, there has to be some uh, clarity for sure.
0: Got it. Got it. Thinking outside the box and clarity. Let's continue with your uh, bio. So you, wow, your work has done everything from raise the GDP of an entire country to revolutionizing immigration. (laughs) And you do this through teaching people how to do the impossible. There's, I don't know if you're aware of it, there's a military organization called the Seabees. Have you heard of the Seabees? They're military engineers, part of the Navy. And I have not. the CB's motto, you would love it, is the very difficult we do right away, the impossible takes a little bit longer. <laughs> so cool. tell us tell us a little bit, how have you r- raised the GDP of an entire country? First of all, what country was it?
1: Uh, well, uh, the country was New Zealand. And the story is one of my favorite stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, I started... So I've been coaching now this year is 20 years. Wow. And uh 8 years ago I decided specifically to work with visionary leaders on universe denting social impact projects. Wow. So that that is projects that are uh that that are in, in the realm of the impossible, never been done before, no blueprint for how to do it. Um you know that that type of thing. So Uh, This guy from New Zealand comes to me and he says, my vision for New Zealand is to raise the GDP by raising the GDC, and GDC stands for Gross Domestic Confidence. Um, I've never heard that. No, he actually coined that phrase. Um, In New Zealand and Australia, they have this funny thing called tall poppy syndrome, which... For the, for the listeners at home that may not know what it is, is a cultural mindset plague where it's a false humility, essentially, where they don't, they don't believe in themselves, which is ironic because New Zealand per capita has some of the most innovative geniuses in the world. So the idea was simple. If we could get the, the geniuses, the engineers, the mavericks, the scientists of New Zealand who have pre-existing world-changing technology that, uh, that they're sitting on essentially because they don't believe in themselves to believe in themselves and get that invention to the world stage, <laughs> the GDP would raise as a side effect. Uh, so we worked on that project for three years.
0: Whoa, pause, uh, pause, pause. This is genius. Hold on just a minute, because this is gold. And I'm not going to let you fly by gold. This is gold you're delivering, okay? So I would think the first part of this is finding these investors or innovators who have this stuff. So what was the process of finding those people?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. The guy that I was working with on this project from New Zealand, he was... Uh, connected to that world, so he already had relationships with these inventors and with some of these, uh, you know, genius innovators already. And it was simply about maximizing and utilizing those pre-existing relationships.
0: And so, did he have the skill of enrolling these innovators and invent inventors into this vision, or did you have to teach them these enrollment skills?
1: Um, I, I, I coached him a little bit on enrollment skills. He's actually very good at communicating value. Uh, it, it just, it just like any athlete or just like anyone who hires a coach, no matter how good you are, we all have blind spots. And so, uh, it's not to take anything away from him. He was brilliant at what he did. Uh, I was simply able to look over his shoulder and see some things that he couldn't see. So it was just a, a tweaking and refining process.
0: Okay, okay. Let's dive a little bit deeper in. So you, you've you also revolutionized immigration. How in the world would you do that if you don't have the ability to change government policy?
1: Um, well, that's a great question. Very often what I've noticed over the last 20 years of coaching is that um, you can actually make a far bigger difference by not being in government policy. Um, and the but reason for comes, that is simple. But
0: but when it comes to immigration, they're setting the laws. They're setting the standards to allow people in.
1: They, they sure are. Um, however, there's still a lot of gaps. And what I mean by that is, uh, for example, the project that I worked on, was a financial empowerment platform for for Hispanic immigrants. Um, And the reason for that specifically was that uh, the majority of Hispanic immigrants, uh, specifically people from Mexico, to this day don't use banks in Mexico. Uh, Most of them do not use banks. The banks are corrupt. Um, They literally stash cash under their mattress. So when they immigrate to the United States, they bring that habit with them, which is a bad habit. That habit does not help them integrate financially into our system. No. And so the platform that I had the privilege of working with financially empowers immigrants to help them get a bank account, to help them get a checking account, to help them even get a credit card. Uh, and, and some other assets and things as well. So it empowers them to be more financially synergistic with the pre-existing uh, system rather than behaving and maintaining a, a habit that doesn't help them integrate into society, the system, et cetera. Um, so um, so that's, that is what uh, that looks like.
0: Let's talk about something, because we keep coming back, or I'm coming back in my mind as I listen to you, to this word enrollment. You had to enroll these people into doing something radically different than what, if you can, radically different, not just a little different, but radically different into what they're used to doing. You had to take them outside their comfort zone and what I call their conceptual zone. You had to do a lot of stuff, a lot of enrollment. So I want to talk to you about if I were to say to you, Shannon, what would you say are the top two or three elements, skill sets you need to be excellent or even just good at enrolling others? What would you mm-hmm. say those are?
1: Uh, well, you you must be confident. You must be confident because someone leadership typically is a function of having certainty people, if you get to a crossroad, if you're driving your car down a a backcountry road here in Texas, and you get to a crossroad, and you don't know which way to go, and there's two people standing there. And you say, hey, guys, you know, which way should I go? And the first person says, well, um, you know, I I think you should go right. And then the other person says, absolutely, go left. We're going to trust the person who's more certain. That's just how we're hardwired. Now, that person could be wrong, yes. but we're going to still trust them over the person who's less yes. certain. So, certainty, confidence, is a major driver of influence of enrollment. Um, the other side of the equation is what I call price juxtaposition. At any given time, especially if there's a transaction involved, but so so there's two there's two sides to that coin, and I'll illustrate both of them. If there is a transaction involved, a financial transaction. And, and you're enrolling somebody into something. There is always three prices. And this is where people kind of miss the ball a little bit as far as enrollment and, and understanding how influence works. There's always three prices. There is the actual price tag, which is what most people get fixated on. However, there is the cost of not having the thing, whatever the thing is. If you are an influential person, you do yourself and your vision, your mission, a lot of good to help the person that you're enrolling to understand and have clarity about the cost of not, not doing it. Absolutely.
0: That. Absolutely.
1: Now, the other side of that is, the other, is a side that, again, many people don't entertain, which is the value of being on the other side, the value of having the thing and that is an interesting conversation because when you ask most people what they want most people cannot answer that question that's actually the hardest question on the planet for people to answer because most people are so caught up in their mind about what they don't want that when they answer that question they usually lead with something to the effect of well I'll tell you, Paul, what I don't want any more of is, and then they fill in the blank and they've successfully not told you what they want. So giving people permission to go there, to understand the value of what it is they truly want and why they want it, that's influence.
0: I love that word, permission. I
1: love that permission. Permission. And and so that's part. That's that's when a transaction is in the equation. When there's not a transaction in the equation, when it is someone, um, for example, that you're enrolling into a startup, perhaps. So you have this vision to make the world a better place with this product or a service. And like any great leader, you're only as good as the uh, uh, people who are highly capable that can help you bring that vision to life. So Elon, for example. Elon is brilliant, easily one of the smartest guys on the planet. We can tell that by a number of different factors. He's the wealthiest guy on the planet, but he would be nowhere without the absolute army of people that he has helping him bring these visions to life. I know for a fact that there are people who work at SpaceX that could easily make four to five times more money somewhere else but they work with Elon because of his vision. They are enrolled into the vision, which leads us to that component. In order to enroll people successfully, powerfully, you must be able to cast a vision that is so bright, that is so bold, that they actually project themselves into that vision as someone who is responsible for bringing it to life. Because a good leader, Paul, does not create followers, they create more leaders. And so the best leaders will cast a vision so powerfully that the person that they are communicating it to enrolls themselves into the vision and makes themselves responsible for bringing that vision to life. Because everybody wants to be part of something that's bigger than themselves.
0: Do you, let me challenge you. Is this really something It's such a big, it's such a big outcome? to take someone and to turn them into, I don't know if you turn people into visionaries or you just take people who are already visionaries, but is it really possible for someone who does not have the experience of thinking outside the box of being a visionary? Can you really create that skill in someone or can you just take the seeds that's there and cultivate it so it really grows?
1: Well, we're talking about two different things. So it's important for us to be clear. You can absolutely enroll somebody into a vision where they take responsibility for bringing that vision to life. It's not their vision. They take it on as if it is theirs, but they did not incept. They did; they were got not the it. genesis I, of that vision. Got it. So you, it's very difficult to make someone who is not a visionary, a visionary. However, yeah. it's very easy to get someone who is called to something bigger than themselves enrolled in an idea.
0: I'm I'm laughing because this is a huge part of how I've done two careers, which is to do this exact same thing with people, is to enroll people into my vision, but also turn them into leaders and help them find a leader within themselves. But, not but, and as I think about it, the real question I'd like to ask you is how did you get your vision of doing this calling? Because I don't think just listening to you and looking at your body language and your facial expressions, you're doing this only for the money. This is clearly to me your calling. It's clearly your calling. How did you come to this as being your calling? How did you well, get your vision of teach, uh, dealing with visionaries?
1: It's <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, the answer to that question is, uh, so I've been coaching for 20 years. And the majority of that time, I was coaching people on peak performance. That's my background. My background is peak performance, so I was working with either high-level executives or uh, high-level entrepreneurs on peak performance: mindset, confidence, you know, communication strategy, that type of thing. Um, and it was great until it wasn't. And the reason for that is because my value up until that point was based on my knowledge and my experience. So what I was positioning in the marketplace as my value and my, uh, yeah, as my value was my knowledge and my experience. And so therefore that's what people paid me for. And that's what people valued within me. I eventually hit the wall and kind of got bored and realized that, My genius, my real gift has nothing to do with my background. It has nothing to do with my knowledge or my experience. My genius is my imagination and my creativity. And so one day, remember I said you give yourself permission to go there. You give yourself permission to really think about what it is you really want. Well, I did that for myself. So I sat down and I said, if I could coach any way that I really wanted, what would that look like? And I said, and this, this the simplicity of this hit me just like a sack of hammers. I said, you know, I've been paid to answer questions that I know the answers to. My dream would be to get paid to answer questions that not only do I not know the answers, but the answers do not yet exist that was the pivotal moment.
0: That's balls. Dude. It,
1: well it's, a
0: that's a lot of balls.
1: Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. Uh however, however, I agree and I don't disagree, but I'll I'll challenge you just a little bit. Good. In the sense that Einstein said Imagination is more important than knowledge. Yes. And our capacity, our ability to think creatively far exceeds our knowledge and our experience, which is what most people predicate their value on. Thank goodness. Which is a mistake. And, and I have a little bit of an ace up my sleeve because I learned this from Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins said, if you can't, then you must. And if you must and you can. So there's this interesting thing in human beings. There's this interesting level of potential and resourcefulness and tenacity and creativity that only comes out, that only presents itself when it must. So me knowing that, I purposely created the conditions where someone would force me to bring that level of myself to the equation. So it took some guts, but it was very, very intelligently designed.
0: Hmm. Very cool. This is a question I like to ask people I never ask how'd you get started because it's a batshit boring question. We can, this is not a family-friendly show. <laughs> I like batshit crazy yeah. questions and batshit crazy thinkers. Yeah. So I ask you this question. You've been doing this over 20 years. What's kept you passionate doing something for two decades? Well,
1: um, what I love most there's a twofold answer to that. A is what I love most is seeing the growth in the individuals that I work with. That is something that I'll never get tired of. Only oh, get it. Completely. I could end the answer to your question there and be satisfied with my answer. However, that's not the end. The, the other side of that is what I call ROI or ripple of impact. The people that I work with, especially over the last eight years, May I steal are, that? <laughs> you you can you can absolutely steal that that's one of my favorites um, but think think about it think about the the technology has contributed to GDP higher in New Zealand than ever before, historically, as a function of the project that I had the privilege to work on, so not only did I get to see the beauty and the awesomeness of the individual that I got to, to personally work with over that time. But I got to see this amazing ripple of impact happen as well. And let me tell you, that's pretty darn addictive as well. I don't, I don't see any end in sight to me getting bored with that.
0: That's fantastic. Ripple of impact. As soon as this episode is over, I've got, I won't show you how my office What my home office here looks like can get an idea by all the scrawling over there. (laughs) Um, I'm going to write that on my glass board, Ripple of Impact, and share it with uh, my community and my tribe. Shannon, you've been a wonderful guest. I know for a fact my audience is going to want to stay in the conversation with you. How do they do that?
1: Uh, Well, the easiest way at this point uh, would be either Facebook or Instagram.
0: And what is, so we're going to put your facebook uh your what is your instagram
1: yeah um at ask shannon at ask shannon graham
0: okay we will put that in the show liner notes and awesome. okay all right all right stay stay on on the line with me after we end the show because i want to give you a personal thank you okay. all right our guest has been shannon graham we'll see you on the next episode of the influencer's edge bye now The Influencers Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform in any medium you'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive and finally you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs so if you'd like to claim your free training now Go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it. Now. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the packet sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.